Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 15 of season five. My name is Lars, a.k.a. Wegs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. So, Action, how you doing? Obviously, I'm remote. I'm in the city of brotherly love, uh, getting a lot of love at the bars, or maybe not really. They kind of turned us away at a speakeasy last night. But um, <laughs> overall, having a good time over here with the company party. Nice. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, just work week trudging along you know we had a good time at the santa con at uh the royal oak bar crawl and uh we got home in time to watch purdue and michigan face off in the big 10 championship where i quickly fell asleep and then i woke up with like a minute left purdue was covering until jim harbaugh did to punch in a last minute touchdown to uh get past the number yeah he he went full throttle in that game he was not playing games it was interesting but you know what can you do? Actually, a lot of calamity. We're not going to talk about college much, but there were a lot of calamity last week. Yeah. I mean, with the USC loss and then uh, Kansas State beat uh, TCU. TCU. Mm-hmm. TCU did make the playoff. Still kept the third spot, but Ohio State jumps in, which was a big deal. For sure. Uh, a lot to talk about. Well, did you know that um, Nick Saban was mentioned in the point spread? He was like, hey. Oh, yeah. You know, if Alabama was in, they'd be, you know, Heavy favorite or two touchdown favorite or whatever else. <laughs> well, they're not going to make it. So. Yeah, sorry, suckers. But uh, great. Well, let's get into this. Um, let's go over week 13 here. Um, obviously, there was a lot of things that happened. First of all, Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy G is out. I've read well, initially he was going to be out for the season, which he's still out for the regular season. Mm-hmm. But um, now it's looking like it's a seven to eight week foot injury. Um, so he could come back if they make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, you've got your guy, Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant, who's going to be the quarterback for the Niners, which definitely changed the prospects for them to win the title. Yeah, yeah, a huge uh, impact to their title chances. Although, really, when it comes down to it, you can't. I have a hard time putting a number on it from Jimmy G to Purdy. It's not like he's been dropping back and throwing for 400 yards a game and running the offense. You know, they they rely on that short passing game and really the run game. So time will tell here over the next few weeks what the downgrade really looks like. I mean, their reliance on that defense. So and maybe McCaffrey, you know, getting the ball more. Uh, I mean, Purdy did have a couple touchdown passes because he came in relief in this first yeah. half. You talk about that game, but he he was dumping the ball off and a couple short touchdowns. So, I mean, he's a little more mobile than Jimmy G. Yeah. So we'll see how that works. And I think Josh they signed so uh, big... Josh Johnson as the backup there. So in oh, case needed. Okay. This is Josh Johnson, who's never started an NFL yeah, game. Yeah, and he's played for like half the league in 15 years, I think. <laughs> never started. It's great. Um, another big quarterback injury just for this week, at least, is Lamar Jackson. He's got a knee injury. Obviously, you've seen Huntley, Tyler Huntley. Is yep. that right? Tyler yep. Huntley. 
he played well down the stretch last year, so maybe they won't have a big setback. But you know, they struggled. They did win last week barely. They really shouldn't have won, but they won at the at the buzzer there. What do you think the impact of that one's going to be? I mean, probably less of a downgrade just because Huntley plays the same mobile style that Lamar does. I mean, it's certainly not Lamar Jackson, but the key for the Ravens is they don't have to change the game plan now. They can still play that same read option type of game plan. Right. Gotcha. We've got a couple other big injuries. The Giants, um, I think they're on by actually, but they Adore Jackson, um, he's out with a knee. Maybe he's, they are playing Washington's got mm-hmm. the bye. You've got Robert Quinn uh, for Philadelphia has a knee injury. He's on IR, so he's out at least, you know, until maybe the last game of the season. A couple of guys that maybe will play, but um, Kenneth Walker the third, who's been a great running back for Seattle. He has an ankle injury. He's questionable, so to check practice reports. Uh, you know, newsflash, Seattle stinks. Um, anyway, <laughs> fail this again. Um, Antoine Winfield and uh, Sean Murphy bunting for Tampa in the secondary are questionable. One with an ankle, one with a quad, and, and that can really affect that team. They they got a win the other night too, but didn't look very impressive. Um, and your guy, Davis Mills, he's back. Yeah. He's back. He had a chance. He was Kyle Allen with the small hands, didn't cut it. We're back to Davis Mills. Yeah, Kyle Allen was uh, not playing well. Not that Davis Mills is Peyton Manning there waiting in the wings, but uh, I think it's certainly going to be an upgrade for the Texans, although I'm not sure it's going to matter against the Cowboys this week. Right. And then last night, much to our proxy chagrin, Baker Mayfield comes in for the Rams. They're down 16-3 to in the fourth quarter and win. <laughs> right. How that happened, I have no idea. I mean, it's just terrible. I don't know what happened to that defense. Well, the Raiders aren't great. Either, so. <laughs> it's really incredible. I think I read that the fourth time this season that the Raiders have had a double-digit lead going into the halftime break and lost the game. Uh, yeah. What can you do? Sorry, Proxy. <laughs> his, his, his thought of them coming to the making the playoffs back door are over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go over the games from last week. Um, we were on the Steelers. They were one and a half point favorites against uh, that was Atlanta, right? So that was a, you know, I, I'm glad I didn't see the game, but I'm glad I saw that we got the cover. They won the game 1916, just kind of a, you know, knockdown dragout fight, but they win it. You know, I'm not trying to jinx them now because they they got a big game this week, but their streak, Tomlin's streak of you know making it, you know, having a, a you know. What is it? A 500 yeah. or better season? It's still alive. Yeah, five and seven. So just needs to get three more victories on the season to get there, right? No. Yeah. Well, well, they play 17 now. He needs four. He needs, he needs four. That's right. I mean, they got to actually be over because right. they can't go eight and eight. But still, I mean, they can do it. I mean, yeah. Maybe. I mean, they're playing well. Kenny Pickett, you know, another yeah. steady game, 197 passing yards, and. uh you know, Fryermuth played well, and we talked about uh, Pickens last week. He had a down week, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have a better week. But the defense, it's the defense. You know, T.J. Watt's back. They're playing great. They really stuffed that run game for the most part of Atlanta. So we'll see about them this week. They play the Ravens. We were not right on the Jets, although I think we had the right side here action. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets were – it was a slow slow start to the game. That The Vikings were up pretty big. It was 20 to – Seven or yeah. something. It was twenty to nine, something weird like that. Twenty six, to six at halftime. And then yeah. the second half, twenty six. Yeah. So then the 
the Jets, you know, they they were moving the ball on the Vikings all day, settled for a lot of field goals. I mean, they were just kicking field goals every time. And then they did cut it. You know, they, they were 27, 22, actually 20. They were down like 20. It was 15, 20 to 15. Vikings got a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Seemed like the nail in the coffin, but no, the great Mike White took him down for a touchdown. We had life 27, 22. They had a late drive and a, with two minutes to go, got stuffed at the goal line repeatedly. But then they get the ball back again, and and then Mike White throws an interception. So they end up losing the game 27-22. So congrats, Vikings, for covering another game somehow, something out of your ass. But really, I think the Jets were the better team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, they got dominated in the box score of the Vikings. That is, uh, yards discrepancy was very uh, – 486 to 287 and then you touched on it the red zone efficiency one out of six for the jets so i think that uh that game could have easily gone the other direction probably more often than not to be honest and the vikings got another lucky cover and we'll talk about that later but your your lions are favored yeah. in this, this game against Minnesota. Wow, so uh we didn't yeah we didn't go on the commanders probably smartly uh because you know, I, I had a feeling about this game actually i'm not sure what it was had a twinge, something. Commanders, even though all these like metrics going into the buy and all this other garbage, I'm like, let's stay away because it's you know it's this divisional matchup and look what happened. I mean, it was really they were losing late. They were down 20 to 13 late. Got a late score to get the game to overtime. And neither of these teams could move the ball in overtime, and then they missed a the Giants missed a very long field goal at you know at the end of overtime to basically get the dud the tie. But uh, the Giants did cover the number at two and a half. Yeah, wild game. It seemed like the Giants were in control throughout until that fourth quarter. Washington made a furious comeback. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, uh, they, you know, we were a little bit, I mean, I was thinking that they were the right side, but <laughs> if you watched the game, you wouldn't think mm-hmm. that. You get Deshaun Watson back. Oh, maybe he was a little intimidated by these uh, victims that were sitting out there watching him because he had a horrible game. Uh, he was atrocious, but the defense played incredibly. There was a uh, return touchdown, and they had two defensive scores in this one for the only touchdowns <laughs> for Cleveland in this game. But they they cover the seven points, and they win 27-14. to 14. Obviously, we talked about Davis Mills starting now, but obviously a lot of improvement for Watson mm-hmm. coming in for this yeah, week. Yeah, a little rusty in week one. I think that was to be expected. And I do think that he'll bounce back a little bit, play better this week against his division rivals in the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Seattle, and I, you know, whatever. Seattle, their defense is not good. I don't know what it is that we thought they were good. You look at the metrics, they're not good. But since they've come back from the bye, they're just letting you know teams go all over them, including the Rams. The Rams were actually winning in this game late. Uh, Seattle had to get a late score to get ahead of them 27-23, so they win the game, but they, they don't cover the seven points, and, you know, I was salty about it. We were even like, oh, we can get a defensive score, except that's when the Rams went and got a touchdown, and they had to make Seattle score yeah. late to win. Yeah, I mean, they ended up getting the victory 27-23, but not enough for us. I was kind of surprised to see Wolford out there under center. I expected that Pickens was going to play, and Wolford got cleared late, so that certainly was a difference maker in the game, I think. Yeah, yeah, no Perkins, exactly. A couple of the covers we did get, though, um, Cincinnati, uh, they came through for us. This was a great game. This was a really fun game to watch. Bengals were up early. I mean, they were pretty dominant in the first half, had a chance to kind of 
not put the game away, but really extend the lead, but got stuffed. They went the stupid jet sweep on fourth and one inside the you know 15 yard line in the first half. But um, you know the Chiefs roared back, took a lead in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati had to come back and actually win the game, you know, in the fourth. But 20, they won 27-24, so we're on the right side. But you know, really, kind of could have gone either way on this one. I mean, Kansas City did play well, but that's three straight that the Bengals have beaten uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, all three in this calendar year too, with the late season victory in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was a pretty even game. I think you nailed it. The yards were fairly even. Red zone efficiency, all pretty even. It was just the you know, the late game situations again, I think Andy Reid made a misstep by kicking that long field goal, which gave the ball back to the Bengals, and then they were able to ice the game with a couple of key first downs. Right, right. A game we didn't pick, but we talked about the Raiders. They were one-point favorites uh, against the Chargers. It seemed like uh, the right side, but the Chargers kind of roared back, and then, of course, the Raiders had to pull one out, and they got a third straight win before last night. 27 to 20 um we were communicating <laughs> with the proxy and then of course the proxy was so excited about the you know flea flickers and all the other stuff the raiders were running but so they were on a roll and then obviously last night they kind of hit the hit the skids yeah uh, tough loss last night for sure <laughs> yeah. the last one was dallas and uh, they were 10 and a half point favorites uh, against indianapolis it was a big number. You know, we, we took it. Uh, we thought that they were ready to go. Indy was game for three quarters. This game was very tight. I think it was 21-19 or something with you know, the end of the third quarter. And then that defense just flipped a switch. It was Matt Ryan looked like the Matt Ryan early in the season. I think they had is it three or four straight turnovers in that game that turned into touchdowns for, for Dallas, whether it was a return touchdown defense or they got set up for an easy touchdown, and then they just completely blew them out, 54-19. to 19. Uh, Action, i got to be honest with you, and I know we've talked about Mike McCarthy. I'm, I'm, on, board, I'm on record that he stinks. I think this team can win the, t- the title. I, I, they got the, I mean, we all knew that, the ceiling, right? But I've seen it a couple times this year that they have what it takes. They've got that defense. Dak's playing well, the running game. It's obviously injuries now at this point, but the team's really good. Yeah, they are. And uh, it's hard for McCarthy to screw up the defense. I think that's one component. But I we talked about it last week. I think the duo of Thunder and Lightning, the two tailbacks, Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, have really elevated this team to another level, too, because they don't have to rely on Dak just to drop back and throw it 40 times each week. They have a really stout run game. And that's going to be key going into the playoffs. Yeah, against their big opponents in the NFC, you know, the Eagles and the 49ers, and that's all they would pretty much do. So, yeah. On the trends, it was a flip week. You know, the favorites came out and came out swinging. They were 10 and 5. So, dogs 5 and 10 this week. You know, unders were split, or totals were split under 7 and 8 this week. Three games against the spread that mattered. Um, so it, we're starting to get that trend where it's two or three every week that the spread comes into play, and unders are hard to pick, or, you know, for totals at least. And then, you know, obviously, it's not going to be every week that's like this, but the favorites really dominated this, this last week. Yeah, yeah, favorite, especially outright. I think, uh, you know, while well, you got them here, 13 or so favorites came home. So mm-hmm. big. Big day for Moneyline bettors, for those of you who like to go that route. Right, right. 
As a look ahead of week 14, which already started, as we mentioned, you've got a lot of teams on by. You know, you got the Packers, Bears, Commanders, Falcons, Colts, and Saints. A lot of our teams in there. Um, didn't even talk about the Bears blowing it against the Pack, but, uh, you know, you knew that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> let's go into Sunday's games now, action. We mentioned the Cowboys already. They're robust. They open as a 17-point favorite against the Texans. Their in-state rival here, 44.5 point total. The total's up to 45.5, and, and now it's 17.5 in the contest. I don't think I can get that. I love the Cowboys, but 17.5 is a little big for me. Although the number's right for me. It's really right in there. 16, I think I have it. Yeah. 17.5, but dang. Any, you're not going to make a case for the Texans, are you? No, no, there's no way. I I think I've moved them to the do not bet list. I really was contemplating a bet on the Cowboys. I would like to get them somehow on my card, but certainly not interested in 17 and a half. I would consider 17, but looking at the odd screen, those are pretty much wiped away at this point. So for the contest, I think it's definitely a pass. Could be a situation where you look to play in play live. Yeah. If for some reason the Cowboys start a little slow, there could be some value there. It's my only nugget. Maybe maybe you can tease them down to eleven and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Typically, you want to stick to those traditional teasers, yeah. seven, so range eight down to under field goal. Right. Right. Okay. Well, pass on that one. We'll see if uh, Davis Mills plays better. All right. So this one's interesting. In the uh, AFC South, you've got the Jags against the Titans. Uh, Titans hosting. Titans open as a three and a half point favorite at home, 41 point total. It's still three and a half in the contest. Uh, the same total. And this is tough, man. I, the Jags obviously went to Detroit and got stomped. They had that big win the week before. They couldn't keep the momentum going. Again, every week on paper, the Jags are a better team than the Titans, but mm-hmm. you know, the Titans somehow do it. They got, they, the, I mean, the Titans got stomped last week by the Eagles. Yeah. Not pushing, pushing for the Jags because it's hard to trust those guys, but it's it's hard to trust the Titans either with those numbers. Three and a half is not a good number. Yeah, I think this is a I think this is a little bit too much to be honest with you. I make the number one on a neutral, and I think mm-hmm. uh, that maybe could get you to the three. But when you're looking at a divisional game here with a relatively low total, 41 points, I think that there's value on the Jaguars here. And uh, the big injury for me that I want to monitor and uh, pulling it up now is Traylon Burks. Okay. Their wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, has Sorry. really come out and been a huge boon to their offense recently with the down-the-field threat. And he got a concussion last week against Philadelphia. And if he's not on the field, I think it's really impactful to their offense. And yeah. so I'm reading here he's questionable with that concussion. Certainly something to look at. But if he's out of the offense, I like the Jaguars quite a bit with the hook. It's like we're doing a yellow on the Jags here. Okay. That's uh, crazy for me to say. but. Uh... <laughs> All right, next game, you mentioned earlier, AFC North uh, rivalry game. You got the Browns going to the Bengals. Uh, Bengals open as a four-and-a-half-point favorite, 49-point total. It's up to five-and-a-half in the contest, and the totals come down to 47-and-a-half. The Browns did beat them on Monday night earlier in the season, so there's a kind of a revenge angle at home for the Bengals. They're playing great. Uh, do you see a letdown? I mean, obviously the market likes Bengals. We do too. I mean, really good team. But five and a half is a pretty big number for a division rival. 
Yeah. And, you know, uh, Joe Burrow's never beaten the Browns in his young career. Um, looking back here, that's six straight covers for the Browns in this matchup. Wow. Interesting. I'm sorry, not covers, but outright wins. There was a couple of underdog covers for the Bengals there in 2020. Okay. But uh, for whatever reason, the Browns just have Burrow's number in this Bengals offense. I don't know if it's schematic or uh, the pressure that Miles Garrett and company gets on him. They have yet to beat him, and that gives me a little bit of pause. I do, you know, you have seen the money go towards the Bengals, four and a half out to five and a half, and six in some places in the market. And so, presumably, that might be some public money. Maybe some sharps are getting on it earlier this week. But I mean. The, we certainly like the Bengals. I think mm-hmm. we both could say that. And they've been trending upwards. Oh, yeah. I know that your metrics are showing that as well. So there could be some value there, but I'm just not sure I can get over the Browns bugaboo. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's stay away. Um, but you wouldn't make the case to go on the Browns. No. No, I certainly have no interest in the Browns in this matchup. I mean, Cincinnati's run defense is mediocre at their dead middle, 16th. And, you know, that's always one thing that we look at for Browns opponents. But I just don't really know what to expect out of Watson yet. I'd like to see him play a good game first before I look to back them. Gotcha. Oh, I agree with you. It's uh, Their offense looks so bad, but of course that's when you want to rely on them, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to look at the Bengals' schedule real quick because they have a daunting schedule, actually. Obviously, they just played the Chiefs. Now they play the Bucks next. It's I'm not... But they still have the Bills yeah. on their schedule. I mean, and the Ravens. I mean, whew, that's a tough. I mean, I like the Bengals a lot. I think they're going to win the division, but we'll see. You know, they still have a lot of games to go with this tough schedule. Yeah. Well, Lamar Jackson's injury certainly yeah. uh, aids that a little bit, too. Right. All right, here we go. Next game Eagles, Giants. Uh, Giants open. Or no, I'm sorry. Eagles open as a six and a half point favorite at the Giants, 45 point total. And that's what you see in the contest, six and a half and 45 total. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard to get a handle on this Giants team. I they had a really good early season run. They played good last week. The Eagles should beat them, uh, but it's a little steep for me on the road. I think that they can cover this game. The six and a half certainly better than seven. But, um, God, the Giants at home, I mean, they got to keep winning, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm a stay away guy in this game, actually. I, I don't know okay. if I can get a 40 in the side. Well, uh, this is the first matchup this season, so mm-hmm. no real data to look at in terms of what the 2022 versions of these teams are. But right. I, th- I show a little value on the Eagles side. I've got this game at 10 on a neutral field. And if you consider maybe two, two and a half points of value as a stretch, I think that this should be north of a touchdown. And showing the number six and a half in the market, I think, is a little bit of value. Um, And also just looking at the matchups, that Giants run defense has been uh, porous, 27th ranked against the run, and quite frankly, 28th against the pass. So I think that the Eagles may have some success moving the ball against them. And on the flip side, I'm not sure that the Giants are going to be able to score a lot in this game. Yeah, and they did play overtime. Maybe a little tired legs there. True. Um, it's a good point too. I mean, you're you're totally right. I mean, my I have the exact same analysis on the numbers. It's a ten on a neutral eight should be the the, the game. But uh, oof. all right, let's put a yellow on Eagles. Consider. All right. Yeah. I like it. They did bounce back. Chance to ice. Week. I mean, they have to. Uh, 
they also got to keep winning to fend off the Cowboys. This division's not dusted yet, so got to maintain that laser focus. It is not. They still got to play the Cowboys late, and maybe they have it sewn up by them. Sewn up. All right, so the Ravens are going to the Steelers. These great divisional matchups all across the league this week. Uh, you got the Ravens and the Steelers. Obviously, we talked about uh, Tyler Huntley starting for the Ravens, which is big. Uh, the, the Steelers still open as a one-point favorite you know, at home. Now they're up to two and a half in the contest. The total's really low, 37 and a half down to 37. Is it too much love? Uh, we talked about the Huntley drop-off isn't that big. I mean, it's really hard to gauge the Steelers. They, they played a lot better, of course, with um, TJ back. So, I don't know, man. I, on paper, uh, the Ravens are still the better team. I don't trust them ever. Mm-hmm. But everybody's got this. You know, Pittsburgh, uh, right? I mean, my numbers don't say that, right? So it's... Baltimore would be the play for me, but two and a half is a better number. I think I, it was, I saw three at one point, so I, I put wow. plus three as the Baltimore play. Okay. But now it's obviously down to two and a half. I mean, I, I uh, think this all comes down to how you value the downgrade from Jackson to Huntley, right? I mean, uh, the Baltimore numbers are really with Jackson under center, and if you yep. take maybe a point, point and a half downgrade, then maybe you do get to this number reasonably but uh i don't know i I think it's more of a stay away i I believe that they were in this exact same situation last year when jackson had gotten hurt and then they went to pittsburgh and pittsburgh won the game by a field goal so and you know historically looking back at some of these afc north matchups it's field goal victories Mm -hmm. one way or the other so you have to imagine it's going to be a tight game and just wonder Mm -hmm. if taking two and a half might be a little short yeah and that's that's the thing. If it was a three, it's different. So two and a half, yeah. can stay away. that's fine. Okay. Uh, all right, here we go. Jets, Bills. Uh, we talked about our Jets here. So they open, Bills open as a nine and a half point favorite at home, 44 and a half point total. It's nine and a half in the contest still, 43 and a half point total. So actually, what do you make this game in terms of uh, your spread? Because this is six and a half. Way off for me. Six and a half I on a neutral. Jets, yeah. So, so I'm uh, six and a half. I'm, okay. So I'm 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 way different than you. Uh, I mean, I've got this game as five and a half, even in Buffalo. Wow. So it's just a numbers difference. You've get your numbers closer than six and a half. That's eight and a half. So it's just a point yeah. of value. The Jets. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, Buffalo has killed teams a lot that they that they. I mean, traditionally they're. Well, they did lose against the Jets early in the season. Yeah. So there's a, it was yeah, only a, a few weeks ago. I know. And it's a payback spot for the, for the Bills, right? So, but nine and a half is big. That is too much. It's too much. I'm on the Jets. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, me too. I mean, the, the Jets defense really held down that Buffalo Bills offense in the first meeting on November 6th. And they yeah. ended up winning the game 20 to 17. And I haven't seen anything from this Buffalo Bills offense the past couple of weeks that leads me to believe that they've, they're they going to just magically flip a switch and be able to dominate on that side of the ball. I mean, they are the Bills, yes, but uh, I think this Jets defense has something against them. And on the other side, we now have Mike White under center instead of Zach Wilson, and I think that's an upgrade too. So um, looking at these two games comparatively, I think that there's definitely value on the Jets again. All right. Are we going green here? 
Yeah, let's do it. All right. Green green for the Jets. It's weird. I can't believe we're, I mean, I, I'm like you. Like that, all last year, you loved the Jets when they were terrible. This year, they're good. <laughs> Major difference. You, you take it to the, the green side, the dark side. All right. So let's go Vikings, Lions. Um, Vikings open as a one-point favorite on the road at the Lions. 53-point total. Total's come down to 52 and a half. Uh, I think it's – and now it's the Lions' two-and-a-half-point favorites. So, you know, kind of a big move from the opener. I don't know if that's when that opener was done. Um, these teams are actually pretty even. I think that Minnesota's certainly been – we've talked about them. They're living dangerously every single week. Um, but are you that excited about the, you know, your, your Lions, your, your, your hometown Lions? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, this number has certainly moved quite a bit, but going from one point favorites to the Vikings to two and a half on the other side, not a mm-hmm. massive move in terms of numbers and value. Mm-hmm. It did open at one on Sunday night. I, I, uh, I opted for the money line to take the lions at, uh, even money 100. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think they're going to win this game. The offense has been playing really well lately. You have St. Brown back into the lineup, and DeAndre Swift is finally getting healthy again. And I just don't see how the Vikings' defense is going to stop them. So I expect the Lions are going to put up a lot of points this week, and I'm sure the Vikings will too, but I like the Lions as a short home favorite here. What are your thoughts? Put a yellow on there. I think 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 you nailed it. I think at some point the the Vikings' luck is going to run out. Right. Yeah. And we've seen it this year when they played. Not that the Lions are a green, but they've gotten smashed in certain spots. Right. So they got smashed against the Eagles. They got smashed against the Cowboys. Those are better defenses. But on the road, I think they they had another kind of miracle win last week. I think this is the week they actually mm-hmm. lose one. So. And the Lions, you got you got a little little hope for the playoffs here with the Lions. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say that, too. They're firmly in the mix now, so they have something really to play for. Not that they didn't early in the season. Right. All right, Lions, look at this. He's, he's converting me. I'm, I'm weak. I'm drinking <laughs> too much this week. I can't. He's overpowering me with his, his underdog picks. Although he's going to do favorites in this case. All right, yeah. so Chiefs-Broncos. Uh, you know, Broncos, this is at home in, in Mile High. Chiefs open as a nine and a half point favorite, forty one and a half point total. The total's at forty four. I'm not sure where that happened, but it's still nine and a half in the contest. All right, actually, not going to be uh, popular here because the Broncos stink. But I think it's too big of a number for the Chiefs. I I, I don't know what it is. I mean, the Broncos actually, you know, whatever they probably. This team is uh they have a good defense. They eighteen they give up like seventeen points a game. 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. If they, yeah. you know, did you hear the stat? If they, if they in regulation scored 17 points or more every game, they'd like 10 and two or something like that. Wow. So of course they don't score that. So that's why they stink. But that defense is legit. They haven't given up on the season. This is a perfect opportunity to hold down this amazing chiefs offense. Yeah. I can't really understand this total. Yeah. I mean, uh, and seeing the move go up too, I just, I, I don't get it at all. The Broncos are nine and one, 10, 11 and one, the under this year, and mm-hmm. uh, not uh, hardly any of their games have eclipsed forty points. And uh, maybe the 
betters are thinking that Kansas City is going to score on them, but I'm with you. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just mm, I don't know about that Russell Wilson led offense. It gives me a little pause at this that's number. Right. I do. You don't want to ride. I, you don't want to ride. <laughs> I agree that there's definitely value to the Broncos here, but uh, uh, we can color it yellow and talk some more about it. It's definitely going to be contrarian. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. All I right. Saw some funny meme on Twitter about the Let's Ride. I mean that guy. He's yeah. he's funny, but. And the Broncos have burned us too in the past, so what can I say? But they're not a favorite. You know, it's a favorite. Sure. Yeah, it's a big number, and I know that you and I have talked about how Kansas City has struggled in the last two seasons to cover these types of point spreads, and uh, going on the road makes it no easier task. Yeah, divisional matchup, you know. Okay, uh, Bucks and Forty ers sort of a marquee game, more or less. I mean, the Bucks. God, they, they pulled one out of their hat last week. They they really shouldn't have won that game. Um, but they did. And Tom Brady got it done, uh, made it happen. Didn't cover his number, but he, he made it happen. So, you know, it's interesting number here. The 49ers are still their four-point favorite at home. It's three-and-a-half now in the contest. The total's 37, very low. Should be a defensive battle. That hook doesn't – I don't like the hook. But San Francisco, I mean – Obviously, the Jimmy G-led San Francisco 49ers should be a bigger favorite. So the real question is, can Brock Purdy make it happen against this defense? So I'm not sure. I, mean, I think they're going to win the game. Uh, three and a half is mm-hmm. a tough cover. Do you think that uh, Tom Brady and that Bucks offense is going to be able to move the ball at all against the San Francisco Niners defense? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but... God, yeah, it's it, – I don't know what – with that Bucks team. Have we seen them play a good game besides that Germany game? No. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, the, the neutral game against Seattle is their only cover since week two of the season. They're 3-8-1 and one against the number. They haven't yeah. covered a game on U.S. soil since the 18th of September. So you're so, talking to San Francisco again. Um, I think so. I think it's a little bit of a contrarian pick. Um, I, I think the Niners' defense, I just don't see how the Bucks are going to be able to move it on them. And if Purdy can get to 18 or 20 points, I think that this is an easy cover for the Niners. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to do little, little, little shots. Maybe they're going to open up the playbook, right? They're going to get Debo involved again because you just got to – I mean – I'm not sure Purdy's arm strength and all that, but they're also mm-hmm. there. Those injuries in the secondary loom large for the Bucks. I mean, I don't know if they're actually going to play, but they they had guys even in the game the other night where they were kind of carting them off the field. Maybe that's what was going on, but I mean, they had no business. They really shouldn't have won that game the other night, uh, but they, you know, yeah, they made it happen, and that was. Uh, we'll well, see. They're not going to be able to do that against the Niners. So yeah, I was going to say a little help from Dennis Allen in the offensive play calling staff terrible terrible but you know well and mark ingram should we talk about that yeah how much he gets a first down before you run out of bounds why are you running out of bounds anyway Mm -hmm. what are you doing terrible get the first down anyway all right let's go color on the 49ers there three and a half because like i said i i mean i know that it's with and i don't know gee i don't think it's that big of a downgrade so i got the game at seven and a half at home i i understand like they should be a seven point favorite let's tom brady but maybe that's six and a half for real. Like, so yeah, this is definitely value for the 49ers. 
All right, last 4 o'clock window game, the Panthers going to Seattle. Uh, Seattle open is a 6.5-point favorite. That's where that was, but now it's down to 3.5. Total stayed at 44. I said last week I'm not betting on the Seahawks anymore. I can't do it. You know, Ridgeway can do it. Um, maybe this is a spot. Carolina, they've played better lately. I mean, you know, they've, every week it's like, what's this team going to do? Get blown out or they're going to play a really tight game? Uh, so now we've got Seattle, who hasn't played well. You know, it's just a stay-away game for me. I mean, it, I think that they – it's not – it's kind of depressed. So I don't know why this number's down. I, I was – that opener made sense to me. Three and a half doesn't. But then again, Seattle can't cover anything lately. Yeah. I think the betters are uh, taking wind of Sam Darnold's performance the last time out. Before the bye, he looked really good. And um, that Carolina offense put up some points against uh, Denver in the last game. So uh, I think that this is a play on the Carolina Panthers offense for a lot of betters taking this number down from six and a half to three and a half. I think it's probably the right side. But Mm -hmm. at this point in the game, uh, three and a half might be a little light for contest purposes. So I'm with you. I think it's a pass. All right. Pass. Two more games on the card. The Sunday night game is the, is the Dolphins against the Chargers. Uh, the Finns were three-point favorites in the opener, a three-and-a-half now contest. The totals come down from 53 to 151-and-a-half. Chargers still don't have all their weapons and everything, but this is a huge game for the Chargers. I mean, massive game. They have to win this game pretty much to stay in the hunt for the playoffs, and that's kind of my angle. It's a more of a narrative angle than a numeric angle. You can tell me how the Chargers are against the pass because that's what they're going to be doing. But the, I mean, I guess the Finns run a little bit. I know mm-hmm. the Chargers' defense sucks, but I kind of like the Chargers here. I don't know. It's probably a bad idea, but I just think that it's a good spot for, you know, Herbert to get going. Yeah. I'm not sure I can get there with you. I mean, going back home to L.A., it's probably not going to be helpful for the Chargers. I expect there's going to be more Dolphins fans in the crowd yeah, than Chargers sure. in L.A. Um, and I, I, I'm not really interested in playing on the narrative, to be honest with you. I think that uh, despite their need to win, the Dolphins are a better football team. And uh, they do have a middle-of-the-road pass defense, 16th ranked, but that run mm-hmm. defense is porous. And uh, despite what the Dolphins have been doing this season, Mike McDaniel is still their coach, and I have every expectation that he's going to draw up a game plan that's going to run the ball and take advantage of that. So I think that the Dolphins are going to win and cover this game. Do we know if the Finns stayed out on the West Coast from San Francisco last week? I don't know that. That's a great question. I I would imagine there's probably a good chance of it, but uh, something may be worth digging into. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's stay away. I think we're okay. differing. I, you know, it's one of those. I'm sure the Finns will play great, but eh, I don't. Chargers aren't great. I mean, they're not a good team mm-hmm. this year, but they have enough talent to keep up if they get a couple of guys who can catch the football out there. I mean, Herbert. He's he's you know he's a great player. I know. <laughs> what was it? The proxy was like uh, <laughs> the Herbert he information, wished, but I'm like he wishes good. that he had Herbert's hair. He loves yeah. the locks. <laughs> I mean, I do too. This hair's out of control. Come on, Herbert. What, what product do you put in there? That's good. All right, we'll stay away for this for the contest. All right, so Patriots and Cardinals in the, in the Monday night game. 
Again, terrible Monday night game here. Uh, Patriots open as a one-point favorite on the road at Arizona. One and a half in the contest. Total went from 44 to 44 and a half. I don't know if the Cardinals got right in the bye because obviously they were quarreling. Uh, but, I don't know, dude. I mean, New England's a better, quote-unquote, team. I'm not sure I'm showing some value to New England. But do you trust Mac Jones on, on the road? I mean, how, how's that offense? No, I I have only interest in the Cardinals in this game. I think uh, coming out of the bye is going to be a, a good spot for them. And I think for me, it's just looking at that New England defense and how they've fared against the mobile running quarterbacks this season. Remember uh, uh, in October when Justin Fields came to the house and uh, they really just ran all over the Patriots. And uh, same for Lamar Jackson early in the season. So I think that Kyler Murray is of the same ilk. And these are the kind of quarterbacks that have given that Pats defense trouble. And uh, for that reason, I'm interested in the Cardinals here. And I think uh, on the other side, the Patriots have some quarreling themselves. You've seen Mac Jones mm-hmm. given some uh, grief to the play calling. And, uh, you know, I think there's some truth to that. It's pretty clear that uh, what's his name? The ex-Detroit Lions coach cannot call an offensive game. So I like yeah. the Cardinals. Mm, interesting. Contest play? I would consider it. Yeah, I mean, uh, one and a half is a little short. I mean, I make it two on a neutral. I guess it does show some value, though, because really it should be closer to pick them by my numbers, and getting that point right. and a half could be some value. Okay. Well, let's put a yellow on it. I mean, okay. if I like them as much, I just don't know if I trust the Cardinals. They always suck late in the season, but we'll see sure. if they – Patriots aren't any great shakes either, but. Well, let's review the picks this week. Uh, we'll have to discuss on Saturday. The Jags on the road getting three and a half against the Titans. The Eagles laying six and a half at the Giants. The Jets getting nine and a half at the Bills. We like that a lot. Your Detroit Lions to half uh, at home, laying two and a half at home against the Vikes. And then the Broncos getting nine and a half at home against the Chiefs. 49ers laying the three and a half against the Bucks, and then the last pick Monday night would be the Cardinals getting one and a half at home. So I like that spread. We'll have to figure out which one we go with, but mm-hmm. I like that cross section. Yeah, me too. I think uh, we got some good games to choose from this week. We'll be able to make some fine five selections. There we go. We got to get the five and zero, dude. We got to get it. Yeah, I think so. Into the contest, we were 3-2 and two last week. Um, maybe some bad beats, but it doesn't really matter. That's how it goes. Uh, we're at 54.6%, so we're, we're slowly going up. We actually are going up in the standings. 1142nd nice. now, five picks behind the, the money. Uh, top 100 is at 62.3%, uh, 39, 23, and 3. It's really at the top 89. And the top dog actually had a really good week. He went 4-0, so, or 4-1. So he's 45, 17, and 3 at almost 72%, 71.5%. So sorry, Action. We have been eliminated from winning the, the million. I'm sorry to tell you that. No. No. Um, I don't think we, we can possibly make up the picks, but we can make up the picks. We do a pick a week. Let's get the top 100. Huh. So we're eliminated from first is what you're telling me. Huh. Yes. Wow. Okay. I, 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 maybe my math's wrong, but, well, this is the way I look at it. In order to get the percentage we need, we pretty much okay. have to go undefeated. 
Gotcha. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. 25 and 0. Let's go. Yeah. Last quarter. I'm with you. Yeah, considering that the the leaders will continue on their pace, not necessarily go over. I follow you. Okay. I figure that they're going to go 70%. I don't know if we can get to 70%. We'd have to get, you know, it's a, it's a lot of I don't I think I did the math. It's it's a little tough to do it. But, you know, Sorry, action listeners, side action listeners. We'll we'll try to get in the money about that. Yeah, I mean, we got to maintain some focus here. I think we still have a shot at cracking some sort of cash out. Let's do it. Yeah, if we close, I mean, I'm telling you, pick a week. We made up a little bit, uh, just a half pick this week, but we can get some foreign ones and a five and a one there. I think we got a really good chance. So, well, let's talk about the World Cup here. Action. We, we're we're in the the quarters and the semis by the time we we record again. Um, so this is Friday. You know, we're at this moment, you've got 10 o'clock Eastern. You've got the Croatia-Brazil match. Um, and so you, you, you're putting some information here on this one. Yeah, a uh, couple of great games today. Brazil-Croatia in the early slate and Netherlands-Argentina. Tough games to call, though. I mean, I, you know, I want to start off by saying I think once we get to this stage in the tournament, you're going to see the total goals go down a little bit because these teams now have more play for. It's a little tighter. And uh, mm-hmm. that's you're seeing that reflected in the goal totals, two and a half for the Brazil-Croatia game and two, a flat two for Netherlands-Argentina. So I think that both the favorites today are a good play. The South American teams, both Brazil and Argentina, are certainly a cut above their opponents. But uh, no real interest for me in, in betting either of those games, to be honest. I think that uh, both will come out, maybe not necessarily comfortably, but uh, I certainly think that. It'll be a South American semifinal. Mm. Yeah, Brazil, Argentina. Yeah, I think Argentina's the team. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Brazil had some injuries. Um, yeah. So we'll see if they can overcome them. In the later in Saturday games, you've got Morocco and Portugal. You got England and France. You got the all European thing, and then you got the yeah. Morocco and Portugal. They're kind of like across the way from each other. Some rivalry there. So, are there any leans in those games? Yeah, I uh, I have some bets in both of these games. I starting off with the early match on Saturday. Morocco has been extremely impressive in this tournament, especially defensively. Yeah. They've played two games so far in the out of their four that finished at zero zero, and I think it's not necessarily that they sit back and just defend because they certainly look for opportunities to score themselves. But uh, in that game in particular, I'm looking at playing unders. I already bet under two and a quarter goals for the ninety minute. Uh, value and then I'm also betting under one in the first half again which has been kind of my bread and butter in this tournament I think that Morocco Mm -hmm. is going to play it a little bit slow and not necessarily let Portugal off to the flying start that uh, the Swiss cheese defense did earlier this week the Swiss cheese (laughs) I like that and then uh, the late game is like must-watch TV for me. England and France, Saturday, yep. 11 a.m. Pacific time. I have a appointment with the sports book for this one because it's going to be epic. And mm-hmm. uh, and this one, I think the look is to the underdog, England here. France mm. has been flying high offensively, but they have yet to keep a clean sheet in their four games this tournament. They've allowed goals against Australia, Tunisia, and Poland three attacks that they certainly uh, should not have. And uh, Mm -hmm. England is going to be a totally another level of attack for them. And I think that England is due to score some goals in this game. So I bet them at plus 215 on the three-way money line. But I think that you could 
look to play them on the spread as well. They're short underdog or even to advance. I think that there's value there as well on the England team. So explain me the three, three-way money line again. So that would be win, draw, or win on either side. So if you're betting okay. England at that plus 200 price, if the 90 minutes is a draw, it's a loser. So they have to win in the 90-minute uh, time okay. slot. Got it. Got it. Okay. I do think that uh, France is going to get on the score sheet too. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. going to tell you that there's going to be four-plus goals scored in this game, but I think uh, another interesting prop that you could look at is what they call both teams to score uh btts in soccer parlance and uh mm-hmm. if you want to bet that i think the best price i saw in the market is minus 117 at bet rivers for both teams to score in this game which i think is surely going to happen yeah, i got a question for you because i'm not tracking as closely as you are any of these teams non-pool winners like were any of these two teams the two in their pool to advance this far let's see morocco portugal i think that every one of these teams won no i take that back croatia was a second place finisher in the morocco group but all of the other seven were their group winners got it so this is cream is rising a little bit yeah definitely and i mean that's par for the course in the world cup Rarely mm-hmm. do you see big underdogs make it too far, which I, right. I think is going to be tough for Morocco going up against Portugal. I do give them a puncher's chance given the uh, the low total. I think it's going to be a tight game, and they certainly could get on the score sheet. They uh, they played Spain to 0-0 and won in penalty kicks in the last yeah, round. So. It's pretty awesome. Okay, good stuff. Well, we'll see if I, I don't know if I can watch the stuff today. I got the company party, but... Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I'll get off the plane and be able to maybe watch some of the uh, England-France game. Nice. Yeah. So you're going to Vegas now, tomorrow, today? I, I am, yeah. Uh, plane flight later this afternoon and arrive early evening, Las Vegas time. We're uh, traveling with my dad and a, a cohort of Indiana fans to watch the big Indiana-Arizona game tomorrow night at MGM. That's awesome. That's awesome. So... Obviously, you know, they want they want their money back, actually. You've won a lot of money from MGM over the years. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sure you're going to roll some dice and win some more. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not uh, – it's a little holiday party, company party tonight, which is a long day, kind of a long weekend or a week already. Then it's the Ulrich party on sa- on Saturday. So Saw that. A lot nice. of holiday parties these days. Yeah, yeah. So be fun. Be fun. All right. Well, good. All right. Well, you know, follow us at Sign Action Pod on Twitter at Sign Action Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right, everybody. Good luck with all the bets and enjoy your holiday parties. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.
Side Action Podcast, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. Individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made, as the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.